So there's been a lot of talk about uh, what we can expect in the world of appraising right around the corner. I mean, we're starting a new year. Um, we've had we've heard a lot of chatter from various sources of uh, how this business or profession is going to be changing. So where are we and where are we going? That's the real question. Hi, this is Brian Reynolds. You're listening to the Appraisal Update Podcast, and I am so tickled to death that I'm in Charleston, South Carolina, and I'm bumped into a friend of mine, the president of the National Association of Appraisers, Mr. Craig Morley. How you doing, Craig? I'm doing well, Brian. So nice to see you here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Craig Craig was speaking uh, at the event. Yes, the South Carolina Professional Appraisal Coalition. It's their annual event. And uh, Brian, this is the highest attendance they've had with uh, 120 people showing up to this event. So Man, that's event great. Ever. That is fantastic. And we love it when appraisers come together. Uh, part of your speech this morning, you talked about, you know, the traditional appraisal guy or gal uh, is somewhat fragmented and, uh, and we don't come together. So it's wonderful to see a big attendance at their uh, coalition meeting. It's fantastic. Now, they're also a member of the NAA. Uh, they are. Right? They, they joined the National Association of Appraisers as a board of governor, which gives them a seat at the table. And uh, they have been an, a recent uh, addition to the uh, board of governors, and uh, they have a very active appraisal State Appraisal Association. We're delighted to have them. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So I started out the podcast saying, you know, let's talk about what's going on. So let's talk about what's going on. Now, you're you're kind of a sought-out fella. Um, you've got that radio voice. I, I was just talking to Melinda about that. She's like, well, you do too. I'm like, yeah, no, Craig's got me beat on that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but anyway, you're, you're sought after, and, you know, you're a guy that's in the know. And you're passionate about what you do. That's what I love about you, Craig. So what's been going on? Where have you been? And what have you learned uh, about what's what's going on presently and maybe what's going to happen this year or in the short, short time frame coming up uh, in your travels? So we got a call from the uh, National Association of Home Builders. Now, not only am I currently serving as the president of the National Association of Appraisers, but I'm the chair for the Real Property Valuation Committee with the National Association of Realtors. And uh, they reached out to the realtors through the Real Property Valuation Committee to have a meeting in, in uh, uh, Washington, D.C. And, and the issue was the home builders are a little frustrated because they're having a hard time figuring out how to deal with their high performance, energy efficient homes. Mm, mm. And, and you know, one of the things that I thought was really interesting, Brian, is that, you know, as appraisers, we go in and try to figure out, you know, is age a viable factor when it comes to the value of a property? It's often that you will see an appraisal that's been done where someone's adjusting age at maybe $500 a year or $1,000 a year. And, and, and we oftentimes are not really actually quantifying mm-hmm. the real difference on some of these things. And some of that difference in age 
may not simply just be a condition factor. It may be that that newer home is more efficient than the older home and an informed buyer may be willing to pay more because of that. Sure, sure. And, you know, we've, we've got a lot of new stuff available on these super, you know, greenhouses, they call them. I mean, we've got a lot, a lot going on. What else, uh, what else have you been doing? And I know you were just in D.C. again recently, right? Yeah, so uh, Wednesday of uh, this last week, uh, we were at the uh, Public uh, Policy Coordinating Council with the National Association of Realtors. It's kind of interesting. We had a CNN uh, contributor who came in and gave us the political update right oh. in the middle of the Trump uh, impeachment <laughs> <area>. <laughs> Oh, but that was a fun time in D.C., right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't sleep for all the sirens going off every time you turned around. But the uh, oh my goodness, the, the thing that you know, the thing that we sometimes fail to realize is that the uh, political winds affect the boots on the ground appraiser yeah. based on some of the policies that are established, and uh, so the strategic planning is: is if Trump is elected. What does that do to the GSEs? Do they go private? If they go private, what does that do for us? If, they, if, if you get a Bernie Sanders and we go completely socialist, mm -hmm. uh, we have more regulation, we have more government intervention, what does that do to us? Does it help us or hurt us? And how do we plan to deal with the real estate issues that uh, are associated based on the differing uh, administrative policies that would uh, be set forth. Yeah, you know, that that is kind of interesting. And I, I don't think we talk about that or even think about that to the degree that maybe we should, because you're absolutely right. Depending on, on who the next president is, it, it could certainly, you know, turn or do a U-turn, if, if you will, and and impact us all. So you know, I don't I don't want to get political per se, and and, and tell folks uh, who you're voting for, who I'm voting for, that kind of good stuff. But it is interesting that these things can trickle down all the way to the practicing appraiser and have a have a major impact. So what's the word on the street? Um, you know, I know it may depend on on who wins the election. But what's the word on the street with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac? You just you know you just mentioned mentioned those big giants. Yeah. So right now, under the current under the Trump administration, he is trying to deregulate and trying to make the lending process more efficient with less government oversight, uh -huh. which I think most of us think, hey, that's a pretty good idea, and it uh -huh. probably is. Uh -huh. The the downside or the other side to that is that if right now. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are under conservatorship under the Federal Housing Finance Agency, and they kind of pull their strings a little bit in terms of they have to get approval to do anything. Yeah, yeah, they got Big Brother looking over they them, got, right? They, yeah, yeah. And, and the other problem is is that uh, you've got the Treasury sweeping the better part of the GPs <laughs> that they uh, that they generate, yeah. and so they they're looking to change that so that they can begin to retain more of their earnings. Right now, I don't remember the numbers, but it's in the low billion dollar range that they have on reserve. Okay. Given the trillions of dollars of loans that they guarantee, they've got to have somewhere in the low trillions of dollars to wow. be able to go private. Big money. Big money. And so there's a, a certain amount of discussion about uh, raising money through stock options. I think under the current administrative uh, push is for them to 
get out from underneath the uh, FHFA and, and be able to at least have some additional autonomy, if not go completely private. Uh-huh. The, the concern, you know, we, we've been worried about, and I think we've all fought the uh, increase of the de minimis and trying to keep appraisers relevant in the uh, lending world. The, the fear, you know, that I have is that if, if Fannie Mae went completely private, if they were no longer a GSE, a government-sponsored entity, they would have no regulatory requirement to get an appraisal. Mm. Because it's not a government, uh, it, it's not a uh, it, it, it's not a government insured agency, and so it changes the landscape. They'd probably still get appraisals, but uh, my perception is that Fannie Mae really thinks they've got a good model with their collateral underwriting AVM type uh, tools. Uh-huh. They, I personally, I think they, they think they're better than they really are. Well, they've got all our data. They I mean, we, we gave them all our data <laughs> and now they feel free to use our data. Way to go, Fanny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, Wish we uh, were that smart. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, yeah, we, we, we need to rethink that sometimes. So what, what's your prediction with that, Craig? Do you think, uh, that, do you think that we're looking at Fannie and Freddie both becoming private entities, or well, it, for, from what I gather, Fannie would love to change their charter. Right now, their charter limits them to wholesale mortgages, uh, selling those in the secondary market. Mm-hmm. There is an interest in trying to get onto the retail side, and, and in some sense, I think there are some in Fannie who would like. Uh, to become the super Zillow where, you know, they, it's a one-stop shop. You come, you can find your home, you buy it, you get the retail financing taken care of, and then they go sell that loan in the secondary market. They would have to get a change on their charter. I think that's really quite unlikely. Wow. So instead of, instead of being like a traditional bank, maybe it'd be like a Capital One bank that's really a coffee shop. So maybe we're going to start seeing Fannie Mae coffee shop mortgage lenders on our, on our corners, right? Yeah. Corner. yeah. <laughs> go get your coffee at a Fannie Mae loan. I yeah. Don't know. yeah. Well, you go pick out your house <laughs> online, you click the button to get the loan, they, they securitize it, and then go sell it in the secondary market. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. We're definitely going to have have more and more and more of those click the button transactions like you were f- referring to. I don't think there's any question about that. No doubt. Anything else you want to share with our listeners? I, I always love it when I can grab your arm and, uh, and tie you down for a quick conversation. I'm happy we bumped into one another here in Charleston. Uh, anything else on the horizon you want to want to uh, update our listeners on? You know, there are some amazing tools that are coming out for appraisers. Uh, Talking with Jeff Bradford, he's in the process of developing some updated uh, data collection tools for appraisers. uh, Very cool. With standardized. There's some tools out there that help in the collection, the measuring of of homes that I think at some point we're going to see 3D modeling come out Mm -hmm. with some of this. Right, right. And so there's a lot of pretty neat stuff out there. I think, you know, from my perspective... The concern I have is how do you and I stay relevant as appraisers in an ever-changing technological landscape? Right, right. And, and I think at the end of the day, the key we have is that we have got to stay relevant. We have got to increase our skill set. We've got to be aware of what's out there and embrace some of the tools that help make us better. I'm convinced that as long as you and I 
as appraisers can provide the most reliable value results, we will always be in demand. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is we need to really just kind of be ready to adapt to change because change is coming. I mean, it's inevitable change is coming. Um, and, and if you're willing to adapt as opposed to putting your head in the sand and not want change to come, you're probably going to remain more relevant. You know, I always say my prediction is appraisers, the way we do business is likely to change because most things change. I always tell folks, if you don't believe that, look in the mirror, right? <laughs> things are going to change. Maybe if Who you want that? to or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know this guy. Uh, but, you know, appraisers are trying to do something. We're trying to measure something that is really immeasurable, human behavior. And we do the best job we can with the tools we have, but you're absolutely right. If, if these, these new tools and technology becomes available, we need to embrace that as opposed to resisting that. Well, and years ago, Brian, I was appraising a self-storage complex that had some of these drive-in park your boat, park your motor home in there. And, mm -hmm. and, and this thing is laid out so that to access a bank of these storage compartments, you had to come in on this cockeyed weird angle. Ah. And I called the, the developer and, and, and the architect, and I go, there, nobody is gonna be able to park in these You're in not these making stalls. it easy, yeah. <laughs> and they go, well, the computer said ah. that uh, you should be able to do it. And I, I told the guy kind of flippantly, I says, well, if the computer's driving my car, maybe <laughs> I can. But if my wife's driving my car, there's no way in the world you're gonna be tearing those walls and doors out every time somebody tries to put their boat in the storage right, deal. Right, right. And, and the point is, is that people buy houses, computers don't. That's exactly right. And, 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 and there are some things that it's really hard for computers to quantify. Mm -hmm. Whereas you and I, as we have a skill set, we're not only able to quantify it, but we can measure it and report it in ways that I just, I don't see any time soon that uh, computers are going to be able to do. Yeah. Judgment is the appraiser's sharpest tool. And we need to remember that. And, and let's just keep invoking some common sense. Hey, Craig, thanks for being here today. If somebody wants to reach out and uh, pick your brain or just have a conversation, uh, how can they get a hold of you? Hey, I got an email, a relatively easy email address. It's ValuePro. There's no E on value. So it's V-A-L-U-P-R-O at gmail.com. Or you can call my office at 435-673-7720. Love to talk to anybody who would like. And uh, it's always fun talking about uh, our profession. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if somebody wants to see you live and in action, uh, where are you going to be coming up? I know you travel quite a bit. Well, we are going to be at the AXE Conference on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi in Bay St. Louis, yeah. Mississippi in April. We've got a, a conference coming up in Salt Lake City for the Utah Association of Appraisers. We're going to have John Brennan and some of the others there. Very cool. And so that's going to be kind of fun. We're going to be in Washington, D.C. in May at a conference there. And uh, it seems like stuff always seems to come up. We're going to probably have in June another uh, a summit, appraisal summit, that will be hosted by National Association of Realtors. And we'll be having some of the industry leaders there and hope to be able to give you a report on some of the things we get from that conference. Very good, very good. Well, thank you again so much for being here. Be sure you get some of this good Charleston food while you're here. 
I had I had some last night. It was awesome. Uh, Mr. Craig Morley, uh, thank you for being here. You've been listening to the Appraisal Update podcast brought to you by Appraiser eLearning. I'm your host, Brian Reynolds. Hope to, hope to see you very, very soon. The Appraisal Update podcast is brought to you by Appraiser eLearning.